Hey rock stars, I'm Lydia Billings. And I'm Colleen Starcoke. And you're listening to Rules Aren't Real, a Rowan Coaching production. Have you ever followed a rule that didn't end up serving you? Here's an example. I can't be an artist and make money. Or how about this one? You can't start a new career after 30. Colleen and I want to explore why people often follow these rules, even though they aren't always awesome. Every other week, we'll dissect and debunk a societal, cultural, or individual rule invented by humans. We'll also look at some of the neuroscience behind why we're wired to follow the beaten path. On the alternating weeks, we'll interview a super rad real-life guest who has achieved badass results by completely breaking the previous week's rule. Get ready to climb out of that box, folks. Welcome to Rules Aren't Real. Hello, hello. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to (laughs) Rules Aren't Real. We have a super interesting uh, rule that we're debunking today. What are we we talking about, Lydia? We are going to go ahead and pick apart the rule that having a kid means losing yourself. Um, I've heard this certainly throughout my, you know, adolescence and adulthood as a woman. Um, I think Mm -hmm. women hear that a lot. Have you, where have you heard this rule before? Oh man, all over the place. You know, I think when people say, oh, you know, after you get married, wait a while before you have a kid, because then you don't get to have a life anymore. Um, you lose yourself, you know? Um, I've heard it from moms also who've had a kid and then they're like, oh my God, I feel like I was this cool person before. And now I'm just this person who knows how to do a lot of skills. I didn't realize I was going to need like changing diapers and putting someone to sleep with lullabies and Elmo stuff. And I don't know, you know, so you hear it all over the place. Yeah, totally. And next week you guys will get to hear from our guest. Um, she's awesome. She is awesome. Yeah. She's going to share with us about what it's like for her to be a mom and how she really balances being a parent and having her own life and her own identity. Um, Her name's Cody. So you guys will get to hear a lot from her next week. But before that, we wanted to dive in and really look at the, you know, foundation of this rule. Where does it come from? Why is it a thing? So um, Colleen, what do you think? Like, I know uh, for me, where I've heard this most is um, just in societal conversations, community conversations, just the idea of what it means to be a woman is so connected to what it means to be a mom. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what, you know, what do you see in that? Well, I think it's all part of this, uh, myth of motherhood, right? There's a, a lot of aspects that come from this myth of motherhood and a, a lot of it has to do with the roles that women have been relegated to historically. You know, the the men were the hunters and the protectors and, and the they handled the business and the women handled the house and the kids and kind of the, the home-related stuff. And so there is this notion, which I think was probably originally propagated by the church, that um, a woman's identity becomes complete when she's a mother. And once she experiences that, she will also experience total fulfillment, happiness, and joy. So despite the fact that we don't live in sort of the medieval time that these, I don't know, that these rules and restrictions and and, um, identity guidelines come from, we're definitely witnessing that, uh, you know, sort of societal carry down from history 
um, right now. You know, I think this is something that we see in relationship to moms talking about postpartum depression, for example. Uh, you know, a mom who has postpartum depression, it's like an extra stigma on top of depression being something that no one should have. Everyone right. should be happy all of the time. Oh, you had a um, baby and you're not thrilled? Something right. must be wrong with you. Right. You had a baby and you've had no sleep and you're totally having a complete challenge to your identity and your life looks different than it ever did before and you don't know how to deal with that? That's crazy. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> uh, yeah. Where do you see it? I mean, other than kind of the, the societal, the historical part, what are some of the expectations that you think are associated with being a mom? Um, I think definitely there's this expectation that a mother should know everything about what her child needs and how to fulfill all of those needs just automatically or inherently. Like, uh -huh. if I were to have a child, as soon as it's born, I just automatically am supposed to have everything that that child needs within me and I'm the sole sustainer of, you know, that life. And I don't think that there's, I mean, I don't think everyone has that perception. That's just something I've sort of heard. Like a mother is just supposed to be intuitive and keyed in and know exactly what the right thing to do is at any moment. And Absolutely. I, I don't hear that about fathers. Oh no. You know, it's like this totally separate sexist thing um, not that a father's role isn't critical or important or vital, but the the expectations on a mother, I think, are much, they run much deeper. Way deeper. And it, again, it's that historical context that we're talking about. An example that I can think of of this is when you see a kid misbehave in public, right? And I, I'm not talking about sort of endemic misbehavior where you can just tell the kids a shit and the parent isn't really raising them, which does happen, Right. But sometimes, you know, you just have a three-year-old who's tired and they have a tantrum or whatever in public and everybody looks at the mom like, oh my God, what, what are you doing to this poor child to cause it to scream in such an unruly fashion in my vicinity? Yeah. As if the mom has any control over that. Like she should automatically know how to soothe and comfort the kid. And, you know, if you've been around kids at all, you know that it's not how it works. <laughs> not even a little bit in fact not if you've been around all. humans at all you know that's not how it works yeah I think it's like the child's personality or the child's behavior is seen as a direct reflection of the mother's you know failure or success in parenting mm -hmm. whereas you know in reality people are people and we all have our own personalities including children mm -hmm. and we behave the way we behave now, does that mean parenting doesn't have an influence? No, but it doesn't mean everything, you know? It's like... Well, and, it, and it also doesn't mean it's all on the mom. I mean, right. that's kind of what we're talking about here is what are the expectations of a mom that cause her to lose herself? Because this, right. this is the whole rule, right? That, that moms have to lose themselves when they, when they have a kid. And I think we're taking a look at why does this, why does this rule exist? And one of the yeah. major rules that exists is because there are so many expectations of a mother that in order for her to, to have any chance at success at ticking off all of these expectation boxes, she has to commit like 200% of her time and her efforts and her personality to that endeavor. She doesn't get to 
have her own interests or like to do other things or think her kid is being an asshole. You know, like you, right. <laughs> you're allowed to not like your kids sometimes, right? Like all of these things. And, and especially now, you know, now on this podcast, we bring up neuroscience sometimes and kind of how the brain works and why it causes us to do certain things. And that same information that we have that's really recent about brain development and you know what kids learn at different times and all of this kind of stuff well now moms have to be responsible for that too you have to scientifically raise your child in the most optimized way and leverage their ideal you know it's nuts it's nuts what moms feel responsible for yeah I mean I I, what I'm about to say should be taken as a as an acknowledgement of my parents and the way that they raised me, not as like a, um, a criticism. So my dad has, you know, I've had conversations with him in the past about, you know, when you had us, how did you know what to do? How did you know what conversations to have? How did you choose how you were going to parent us? And he said, you know, he said to me, Lydia, a lot of the time I was just making sure you were alive. Like, I was just making sure Uh you were breathing and that you were doing your thing and that no one was getting hurt. You know, Mm -hmm. like sometimes that's, that's, I mean, really, that's the foundation of like what it is to be a parent is to have your child survive. But it sounds primitive, but it's true. Like we, we have put so much more on top of that over the last several decades that get really, um, sort of unrealistic. Like a lot of the expectations we have are quite, uh, unrealistic, I think. Like the thing you said about having everything be optimized for your child and the exact age they are and the way they process things. It's like, look, sometimes a baby is just a baby and they need to just be fed, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a parent, so all the parents out there, please feel free to ignore me. <laughs> but I've, always, I've always felt like the most important things for, you know, from a parent to a child are love and time spent and boundaries. Um, and there's a million different ways to do that. There's really a, a million different ways. And, and you can add all kinds of stuff to that, right? But but on the fundamental perspective, you know, and, and like women have been having kids since humans have been humans. It's been a long time. Um, I mean, sure, a lot of moms fuck it up in the same way that a lot of humans are better at some things than others. But, you know, we've been doing this for a long time and the species is still around. So <laughs> right, <laughs> this idea that there's only one way to do it and it has to be perfect or the kid's going to be a moron or a serial killer or or totally fucked up. I mean, like, you know, you're going to fuck up your kid. Get over it. Enjoy your life. Have an identity. Have a personality at the same time. I feel like that's just kind of a given and it's part of the the privilege of being a human being, right? The specific ways you're fucked up by your parents. <laughs> <laughs> we've all got them. Yeah, Don't we've deny got it. Them. So why do you think, um, and I'm asking myself and our listeners as well, why do you think that this rule is worth being broken? You know, why yeah. why should we encourage mothers to maintain their own identity and personality and their own interests and in life while being a parent? Well, I mean, I don't know. There's so many different answers to this. I mean, I think the most basic one is because raising a kid is really fucking hard. Um, there's this HuffPost article we looked at 
It's called How Women Lose Themselves in Motherhood by Mia Redrick. And she says, when we become mothers, we must redefine who we are. All with less sleep, clarity, and the greatest responsibility that we've ever had to assume. I mean, that's crazy. And that's really what it is for every mother. It's not just be a good mom, which involves raising your kid properly and making sure they don't die. It's also figure out your identity as a woman, figure out your identity as a woman in a totally changing landscape. I mean, I think you and I both agree it's changing for the better. That doesn't make it any easier to navigate, right? How do I be this working woman, this bad bitch, this mom, this whatever, right? The case may be, it's really hard. And so I think having your own identity, having your own interests, this is like an anchor. Um, it's something that keeps you grounded both in yourself and hopefully in your relationship with your partner and in, <laughs> in reality, you know? Yeah. And I think also, you know, something that we'll hear from Cody as well, but from other, you know, parents and something that I have observed is that uh, like when a parent has their own life going on, they are a more... I always hate to say like some parents are better than others. I don't mean to say that, but there is more, there is like, okay, how do I want to say this? <laughs> I mean, you know, um, Lydia, to be fair, some parents are better than others. You know what? Some designers yeah. are better than others. Some, it's just that we have this huge uh, onus on, yeah. on being a parent and we should, it is a grave responsibility to yeah. raise another human being and bring them into the world. But really some people are better at it than others. It's true. So here's what I'll say is that I think it really empowers a parent and their children when the parent has a full life. Like absolutely, a parent has their own interests. They have things that they do on their own that are separate from being a parent. They've got a social life that they love. They've got, you know, their relationship with their partner or partners, whoever that is when not everything evolves, revolves around their child, I think there's just a lot more available for everyone in the family. Um, Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. I, I grew up with my mom and dad who both worked and I got time with both of them when they weren't working and they both have interests that they pursued and still pursue long after, you know, we moved out of the house. So mm -hmm. they have been whole complete people to me my whole life you know it wasn't just mom is mom and dad is dad it was mom is my mom and she loves to be with her friends and dad is my dad but he loves to go golfing and you know like they they had their own stuff going on which I really admired yeah and you know you said something really important there like whole complete people that your parents were whole complete people and I you know something that we have to remember outside of the, the seriously positive effects that it has on the mom to retain her personality and her interests, the mom, both parents really, are, are modeling what it is to be a person to the child. And so do you, as a mother, want to model to your child that when you have a child, you give everything up? Do you want to model to the child that the world revolves around them? Um, do you want to model to the child as a woman that you must choose your child over anything that you love or are interested in? You know, if, if you grow up and you only ever see a mom who's been a mom, does that impact your understanding of how women can be in the world and your ability to see all of the options that are available there? 
I think that modeling aspect is really important. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's another it's another responsibility for the poor mom. But I, I think in a really positive way, committing to being that whole person, committing to being yourself, you get to show your kid more of the world. You get to show them who you really are. Um, you know, how many people do we know who know their parents as parents and know all of the stories that come from the family, but don't know their parents' stories? Yeah, I think, I think especially during childhood, a lot of us just knew our parents as mom and dad or mom and mom or dad and dad, whoever they are, rather than Amy. My mom's name is Amy. Like Amy has a full life. Uh, or Scott is my dad. Dad has all this stuff going on. I don't think it's super common for a kid, especially at a young age, to know who their parents are fully outside of parent. Mm -hmm. I mean, what was your experience growing up? No, mine was very much, very much the same. Um, you know, I, I was thinking a lot about that going into this episode because at first I was thinking, well, my mom did give up her total identity to be a mom. Um, she really was that person. But the other part of that is that I have a mom who was made to be a mom. Like that's her calling. She's really good at it. She does it for everybody. I don't mean just a mom to me. I mean, just like being that caretaker person is really who she is. She's a nurse also. So in some ways, she just kind of leaned into her identity, <laughs> like real hardcore. Um, but I did. I just knew her as, as mom for the most part. And my dad, I, you know, I don't know. My dad was a little different. My dad didn't change himself because he had a kid. I will say this. Looking back on that. He was exactly who he was, to the extent that if I brought home a bunch of snot-nosed little friends who had nothing interesting or intelligent to say to him, he really didn't give a shit about my snot-nosed friends. He didn't know their names. He didn't know what we were doing together. He didn't give a shit. Like, he was not super, interesting to me. So. Yeah, he was a super involved parent. I mean, we were really close. We talked a lot. He really developed me sort of philosophically and intellectually. But he really didn't change who he was. So I had a good example in, in some ways with both of them. But I think um, I really have had to discover what it is to be a woman who's not a mom by myself. Because that is my mother's like total identity. And so going into that has been an experience. Even now I'm very conflicted about do I want children? Part of me says yes, but I don't know if that's the part that wants children or that learned that that's the way to do things. Right. Or that that would fulfill on who you are as a woman. Mm hmm. Because that's really who my mom is. And, and I look up to her in a lot of ways, you know. Uh, I don't know. It's a it's a complicated question, I think, probably for all of us. But, you know, also as we develop, as we progress through time, you know, my mom also didn't have the same opportunities as a woman as as we do today. And so, you know, what are the different ways that you can be a mom now? I kind of look at it like I see the polyamory and ethical non-monogamy communities that are developing, which I love, because these communities and, and kink communities and all that kind of stuff, essentially what they say is, whatever your version is, it's fine, as long as it's respectful consensual and includes clear communication, right? 
You can want people to pee on you. You can want to be with multiple people. You can want to be with one person in a totally traditional relationship. You can want to be topped or bottomed. It doesn't matter. Respect, consent, communication. And I think I would love to see motherhood develop in a similar way. And I'm seeing some women like Cody, who we're talking to next week, do this and really just say, okay, you know what? These are the the key values that I want to bring to motherhood. And outside of that, I really want to be myself and make time for that, Um, which includes being the person that your partner fell in love with. So that's another interesting aspect of this conversation, right? Do you want to completely change who you are when you're in a relationship? You know, who did that person fall in love with? Who did you fall in love with in the, in in your partner, right? If you both give up your identity, what's left of the relationship? (sighs) Right. I've definitely heard people sharing about, you know, people in long-term relationships sharing about how their relationship changed after having a kid or having multiple kids. And, you know, yes, any big life event is going to develop us having it, you know, Colleen and I don't have kids, so we're sort of speaking conceptually here. I imagine having a child will really change a lot in my life if I choose to do that. But I know that the parents who are listening to this just chuckle to themselves. They're like, you have no idea. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and I really don't, I won't pretend that I know, but I like what you said about the relationship, you know, having, choosing to have a child with someone I think is a pretty significant choice. And there's a reason that people choose to do that together. It's like, there's really something special there. And what sucks I think is when people get so caught up in, and I'm not blaming, but it's just, I've seen it happen, like, get caught up in the child's life and forget or lose the relationship they had. Um, You know, it's just kind of sad. Like, I'm so happy that my parents have the relationship they do and always maintained it because I got to live in a home where my parents were madly in love with each other. And they're in their 60s now, and they're still madly in love with each other. And I know how lucky I am to have that. Um... You know, and they just constantly get to create their marriage for the rest of their lives. So, yeah. And, and you know, I think this is a really good segue into the, the final point that I'd like to make here before switching into, you know, what you can do about it. Right? We're not just going to leave you hanging. Which is that being a mom is only a part of who you are. It's, o- it's also only a part of your life. You know, at least kind of the full-time daily version of your life. I, I know, I know, once you're a mom, you're always a mom. I get it. But I'm sort of talking about, you know, when your kid leaves for college or whatever, your kid's probably not going to live with you for your whole life. I mean, hopefully, your kid's not going to live with you for your whole life. Depending on um, where you live, sometimes people do that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. You're right. You're right. Good catch. Keeping me honest over there. But... You know, I, I one thing I do think about with my mom is the whole idea of empty nest syndrome, right? This is something that happens to moms who lose their identity, and then the kid goes away, and the mom goes, holy shit, who the fuck am I? <laughs> right? Like, what? Now what do I do? What do I do with my time? What do I do with my brain? What do I do? Like, blah. You know, it's a, you're at a total loss at that point if you haven't maintained any of who you are through the however number, many number of years your kid lived with you and was the focus of your life. Even if your kid is still living with you, at a certain point they become adult, they become more self-sufficient. Like it doesn't require the same commitment of, of time and energy and effort, right? So who do you want to be before and after 
you have those nascent years where caretaking takes up, you know, so much of your time. Yeah. Um, you know, cause with my mom, when I left, it was really hard for her. And I know that that was really compounded by the fact that my mom is mostly deaf and I was sort of her translator to the world. You know, I could be at a party and standing somewhere near her and I would know if somebody, someone had said something that she didn't hear and I'd lean over and repeat it and then go back to my conversation. Um, so she lost her translator and I know that that really amplified the impact of, of me leaving. Um, but a lot of it was also that she hadn't been doing anything else. There weren't very many hobbies or, or interests or, or anything else that was really engaging her. And so I left and it was kind of like, holy fuck, now what? Do you know anybody who's gone through that, Lydia? Yeah, definitely. I think my parents have done a really good job at, you know, maintaining their own lives. So I don't, I, I could ask my mom if she had that experience. I don't think that she did, or maybe not quite at the level that your mom did. But I definitely know parents who feel like my entire purpose is missing, you know, mm-hmm. once once their kids grow up and move out. And it's like, well, what do I spend my time on now? And getting reconnected to what what else they care about aside from their children takes some work at that point. You know, if it hasn't been maintained throughout the years, it it really takes some effort for, for some people. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about what are some of the things that, that you can do, um, particularly as a new mom, but really this, I think this advice is, is useful throughout and just so you guys know, we, we did a little research here. We asked our, our mom friends and clients, and, and we looked around and fished around to get some good ideas here because, as Lydia said, neither one of us are parents. But we wanted to give you a, a few ideas, at least, to kind of start a brainstorm of how you can approach being a mom without giving up who you are. You want to get us started? Yeah. I mean, in no particular order, um, and we'll share all of the resources that we're quoting here. Um, there's a couple different articles that we've got here. So something that I love that we heard from some folks, one article quotes this from kidspot.com is that it can be really great for a parent or mom to learn a new skill Mm. um, throughout their child's, you know, childhood as they're growing up, like really having an activity that interests you and you alone, like not necessarily a thing that you do with your kid, but you know, maybe you go, I mean, I'm a photographer, maybe you pick up a camera and you go discover photography, or maybe you do something else creative or um, join a club or a community group that really turns on your brain. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't have to be uh, a hobby either. You know, one one of my clients, um, she, I'm totally inspired by her. She has a toddler who is like, I don't know, somewhere between one and two or just turned two or something around there. Very early, uh, very early in the development of the child. And she, um, she was a lawyer before she had her kid and she had her kid and decided she still wanted to contribute to the family. So she started her own business online and runs it and it's totally successful and brings her, uh, you know, uh, like a regular person income to contribute to the family. And she does it with her kid there. That's awesome. So she learned how to do all of the things involved <laughs> with that <laughs> while being a new mom, you know, I mean, how inspiring is that? I love it, but, but it's possible. And I think it's really helped her feel okay with the transition to being a mom. Yeah, that's great. A lot of the resources we found also referred to um, like not forgetting about your career 
if, if your career is something that you're really committed to and that fulfills you, not to just completely let that fall by the wayside, but actually set up some structures to maintain it if you want to, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, full-time, part-time, whatever time you want, working from home, working at the office. Um, there's so many variations of how to have both, you mm-hmm. know, have your parenting and your relationship with your kid and your career still still work. Mm-hmm. So don't assume that you have to let one go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Another piece of advice that I really like, um, it's so simple, but as a mom, you get so focused on the kid, you forget to ask yourself this question, which is, what can I do right now to make me happier? Me, <laughs> right? Me, the mom. What can I do Who, to make me you, happier? you, the mom? Uh-huh. You have needs? What? Desires? Wants? What? Yeah. What can I do to make me happier? And it might be, you know, get a babysitter and go do something with yourself. It might be, I mean, there's a million options here, but focusing on what will make you happier. It's such a simple question, but really powerful result. Yeah, I feel like that one gets forgotten so quickly. There's Mm -hmm. also, you know, if you have appointments for yourself, like maybe you have a an appointment that you go to once a week, maybe you, you know, there's a class that you like to take, actually going to those things rather than like giving in when your kid begs you to stay home. You know, it's actually carving out the time for yourself and then honoring that rather than carving it out and then letting it fall away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think another important aspect here. And and a a reason that new moms or moms in general find it difficult uh, to maintain their identity is I know a lot of moms experience major isolation when they first have a kid. Um, And I think in general, because all of a sudden, you know, you have no time, (laughs) no extra time, right? So when do you see the people that you love? When do you do the things that you want to do? And and so one of the, the pieces of advice that we see come up really frequently is make sure to join some communities. Um, not only see your friends, and this is also important, right, to, to actually schedule and, and spend time with the people who you already love, um, but knowing that maybe some things will need to shift. Maybe you won't be able to hang out quite as frequently with that chick that you always went to go get uh, late night drinks with, but you still want to make sure that you're not in isolation, whether that means joining social media communities whether that means networking, whether that means uh, hanging out with new friends or going to meetup.com or whatever that looks like for you, um, even if it includes the kid, right? Even if it includes your child, uh, to make sure that you're spending time with a lot of other people and getting an opportunity to talk through this and share your interests and meet people who could maybe participate in this activity of um, redefining your identity with you. Yeah, I also love the idea of bringing your kid with you to your life rather than only going out when you have a kid-related activity to do. Yes. Like, okay, I have plans to have brunch with my girlfriend. My baby's coming with me rather than, you know, having those two things be separate Mm -hmm. um, or only going out when my kid has their gymnastics class or whatever, you know. Right, right, um, absolutely. Balancing all three of those, you know, sort of options. Mm-hmm. Another one is um, to continue having sort of pride of person. 
not forgetting how you like to look and what you love to wear and not giving into that thing of only wearing things that are stretchy, washable fabrics. Uh, <laughs> because you're around people who are You mean the sort only of... thing I ever wear now? <laughs> <laughs> if your natural style is stretchy, washable fabrics, then you do you, boo. But you know what I mean? Like making sure that you spend some time to love how you look and love how you show up in the world instead of feeling like you have some shame around that on top of everything else you're trying to negotiate. Even if it just means an extra 10 minutes um, or, or finding some dresses that are essentially the same as nightgowns, but look better, right? So that you feel nice. Oh my God, I want those. <laughs> huh? I want nightgowns, but that look better. I want them. Yeah, that's basically my style. <laughs> yeah, we have different versions of this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that that's pretty important. What else do you see on this list that, that really resonates with you or, or with moms that you know? One is um, having friends that aren't parents, like yeah. maintaining people in your community and in your network that are parents and that aren't parents. I think just having, you know, a diversity of community in general is so critical, but particularly when I have kids, again, if I choose to do that, I know that it's really going to fulfill me and it's going to support my children for them to have people around them that aren't parents. Um, and, you know, cause I remember growing up having adults in my community that I knew and that I respected that never had kids and never wanted to. And, you know, what a great model for me to know that I could choose to do that or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, for the, for the parents just to maintain like adult conversations for the sake of having adult conversations. Right. Absolutely. In fact, our guest, uh, Cody, who we're going to be talking to next week, uh, she met us exactly in this way. She had heard about an online community that both Lydia and I are a part of. That's kind of a secret, fabulous thing in New York City. And uh, she asked her friends if anybody knew someone who was in this community who could add her um and I was connected to her and and got her into the group and when I first reached out to her to say you know why are you interested etc she was like I need some women in my life who are not mothers <laughs> she's, like, she's like I want to have conversations about things that don't involve babies <laughs> yes uh-huh <laughs> yeah and i know a lot of you listening to this are probably really resonating with that um you know there's more topics in the world don't forget that you're an interesting person an intellectual person a philosophical person a goofy person whatever you are it's still out there you don't have to stop doing that or stop being that just because you've had a kid and if you do you're denying your kid the opportunity to meet you to know you, right? That amazing person that you've developed all the way up until becoming a mom. What a yeah. shame that would be. Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, so we have so many other ideas that we can share with you through the blog. Um, so feel free to check it out. That's on our website, uh, rowancoaching.com. And you can just click on Rules Aren't Real. 
um, or the podcast and see the most recent uh, episode and it'll have a full list of lots of different ideas that we've collected for how to maintain your identity and not lose yourself when you have a kid. Uh, and this was just kind of a, a taster. <laughs> Teaser. Yeah, you'll get a lot more next week. Again, we've said this like eight times, but when we speak with Cody, um, you'll hear what this looks like in real life from someone who is actually living and breathing, you know, what this is. And we, you know, are excited to learn from her as well, especially as two people who don't have children. So yeah, as always, thank you for joining us. And we'd love to hear your feedback. We'd love, you know, if you're a parent, how do you maintain your identity? How do you maintain your own personal life? We'd love to hear from you. Did what we say today really resonate? Or do you have other strategies or practices that that really have your life work um, for you? We'd love to hear that. Yeah, join us online. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash RAR podcast. We'd love to see you there. And we can't wait to talk to you next time. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to another episode of Rules Aren't Real. We hope it gave you some serious food for thought when it comes to the rules you might be following in your own lives. In fact, we'd love to hear about those personal rules of yours or any other thoughts you have about our show. Join the conversation on Instagram at RAR Podcast today. If you want to learn more about Lydia or me, please visit our website at rowancoaching.com slash RAR. Thanks again for listening. We can't wait to break some more rules with you next week. See you soon.